case you saw me <clears throat> coming through my Bible up there. It's because God gave me a new direction to give me. It's in the book of John chapter 14. It's a word of the, from the Lord that I believe will minister to us if we listen to it with open hearts and receive it. And ask God to help us to put it into practice in our lives. I don't even have a title for this message. John chapter 14. We're going to begin with verse number 15. If you would stand as we honor God at the reading of his word. It says, if you love me. Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom he would not receive, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, for this change. I thank you, Lord, for helping us to minister well. And that every word I speak would be led of the Spirit. I thank you and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Like I said, I don't really have a title for this word. Actually, I take that back. I did. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. In other words, we have to understand that Jesus is the giver of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Father sent him in place of Jesus on the face of this earth to be with his disciples, to be with everyone that would call on the name of Jesus Christ, to all that would look to him and put their faith and trust in Jesus, he gave us the guarantee of his spirit. The Bible teaches us in one of Paul's letters, it says this, it says that the spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. In other words, you can know it. There's a lot of denominations out there there's a lot of religions out there that teach that I really can't know that I'm saved. I can't know for certain that I'm going to go to heaven. But that's a bunch of hogwash. Because my Bible tells me that in, through Christianity, praise God, through Christ himself, that he has made me that promise that I can know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. And there's not going to be any ifs, ands, or buts about it. I tell you what, I am so happy tonight that I changed paths from the 1985 on. That's when I came to Jesus and gave my heart for him in that holy cell at the Loose Spirit Jail system. I'd been out drinking with a friend of mine, and all I had was two beers of a picture of beer. He had the rest and plus some. Anyway, we decided to go somewhere else, and so we get into his truck, his uh, car, and we start driving away. And all of a sudden, this security guard stops us. And he says, you know, get out of the car, please, sir. 
And instead of doing that, my friend slams his truck, his car door, and he takes off. And of course, the guy gets in his vehicle and chases us. And when we start trying to elude him, and or actually my friend does, because I'm not really into this, I want out of the car. But anyways, he's not let, stopping to let me out. He's continuing on driving and everything. And he ducks down this side street and he thinks he's gotten away from the guy. And he parks between these two parked cars on the right-hand side of the street. And as soon as the a guy, the security guard, turns on the street, he even knew what car ours was. So he came up, stopped next to it, and told us to get out of the car. Well, I did on the passenger side. But get this. My friend gets out on the same side, on the passenger side. And he stands there for about five minutes trying to convince that security guard I had been the one driving. And, of course, the security guard knew that was a lie. So, anyway, there was a woman that he went up to, her, her house there, and he asked if he could call the cops from her house, and she did. he did. Anyway, they came within five minutes, and they, they talked to they, my friend, and they talked to me, and they said, uh, how many beers have you had? And I said, two. They said, that's the universal answer. You're under arrest. So anyway, I was the only time I would be arrested out of four times that I wasn't actually guilty of anything. But anyways, I got arrested, and they took they took us both first downtown to Dallas precinct, and they booked my friend on a DWI charge. And I told, and they put me in a holding cell. And I told God that night. Well, first of all, let me back up. I was just sitting in there by myself doing nothing. All of a sudden, I hear this whisper, and I look up, and as far as I knew, I was the only one in that cell, and I didn't see anybody, so I looked back down to the floor. All of a sudden, a little more insistent this time, my name again. I looked up, started looking around, didn't see nobody, and I, I stared at the floor again, and you can think me crazy or whatever, but I could have sworn that I heard an audible voice from God. Maybe it was just so real to me, I thought it was. But I do know this, that it sat, he shouted my name. And I, and at this time, I stood up, I looked straight up, and I said, oh, Jesus, talking about the sky. And God began to deal with me, and he said, come on home. I said, but God, you can't want me. Look at all the adultery I've committed. Look at all the pornographic stuff I've been looking at and watching. Look at all, and every time I would say something, God would just cut me off and say, Come on home. And after about six times, all I could get out was but God, and he said, come on home. And when I stood, sat there, and just stood there, I mean, and just kind of pondered everything, the Lord spoke this to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, this is your last chance. Are you coming home or not? And I said, okay, God, if you'll get me out of this with just public intoxication, I'll give my life back to you, my heart to you. And he said, and well, he didn't say okay, but <laughs> it, it sounded like I was trying to make a deal with God. God doesn't make deals, but he knew the intent of my heart, and that's what he looked at. And come the time for me to go to the courthouse, they, they agreed that uh, I paid my fine, actually. That's all that really happened. I didn't even have a court date. I just paid my fine. 
because back then public intoxication was just a fine. Anyways, I paid the fine and I got to go home and stuff. And but while I was in that holding cell, I gave my heart to Jesus. And you know what? I've been with him ever since. And I'll never go back to my former way of life because there's nothing there for me. I'm like Elijah, whenever he called Elisha, he said, come on with me or something to that effect. And he said, well, let me go do this or that first. And he said, forget I even talked to you. Started to walk away. He goes and he takes his oxen and he takes his plow and he burns it all. And he leaves. He follows after the prophet Elijah. And what I'm saying that for is this, folks. That that's how we have to do with our own former life. We've got to put it in the rearview mirror. We've got to say adios to it. We've got to say got, goodbye to it. We can't entertain the thoughts of ever returning to it. There's nothing there for you. It's your choice. But there's nothing there for you. So I would encourage you tonight to make sure that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And to allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your life. Because the Bible teaches us that we can't have our cake and eat it too, so to speak, in both of those. We can either do one or we can do the other, but we can't do both. You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you're going to do one or the other, but you're not going to do both. And, and I tried, believe me. Because if you came up to me when I was living out in the world, and when I was in a strip joint especially, or a triple X rated movie theater, you know, a drive-in movie theater, I, if you came up to me and said, are you a Christian? I would have said, sure, I'm a Christian. And the reason I say that is because I was taught once saved, always saved. That's a dangerous doctrine, folks. we got to stay away from that like the bubonic plague. We, we cannot entertain it for one second to think that I can get by living a double life. I cannot live a sinner's life and a life of a saint. I can't do both. And you know, another thing that irritates me when I hear ministers even saying this, they say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And that's, well, that's true. But in other words... They're still saying they're a sinner. In other words, they're, they're still calling themselves a sinner. But once you get saved, the Bible never refers to you again as a sinner. It says you're beloved. You're a saint. You're anything but that the sinner that you were. So I refuse to be called a sinner anymore. I am saved by the grace of God, and I am in his army fighting for his cause, doing what he desired me to do. So I would encourage us to grab hold of that tonight and, and lay claim to that fact that God doesn't no longer call you a sinner. He calls you either beloved or he calls you a saint, but he doesn't call you uh, a sinner after the time you give your heart to Jesus. So I just want to encourage us to get that false label of the devil off our back. And, and then it goes on to tell me, you have to understand something here, folks. He says in his word here that we just got through reading, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, we need to be sure to do that. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, 
the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. You know, I want to say this, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be up here to speak, because the Holy Spirit didn't tell me. But I do know some things he said for me to tell you. And one of them is this. Besides the fact that you're no longer a sinner, was the fact that you uh, have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't come to live forever. In other words, they came, he came for the purpose of empowering whoever God chose for that particular moment in time in, in history to put his spirit upon. In other words, it was for a specific task, and when that task was finished, the spirit would be lifted up off of that individual. He didn't come to stay forever. But this just got through telling me something even better than what they had in the Old Testament. It tells me that he's with me and will be in me forever. Praise God. That excites me. I don't know about you, but if that don't excite you, you got you got wet wood tonight. You need to get to an altar and pray through something. But I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, yes. that the Spirit of God is alive. Yes. And the Word of God Amen. is alive. And when you have both active in your life, you're going to be a changed individual. You're not, no longer going to be the same person you used to be. Nope. Now, I will say this. I'm not where I want to be in Christ. But I'm no longer where I was before Christ. I have, I have matured. I have grown. I have gone from one level of Christianity to the next, and, and it's a relationship, folks. I have sought, from the day that I gave my heart to Jesus and that holy self, I have sought on a consistent daily basis to draw closer and closer to him and be more like him. And you know what? The Holy Spirit helps me to do that. Because he gives me victory over things that I used to have problems with. One, a potty mouth. Every other word out of my mouth was a cuss word. Didn't even have to be mad. I'd just be speaking and here they'd fly. But you know what? God said, that's enough of that. You need to let me clean up your mouth. So he cleaned it up. And I don't cuss now. But anyways, then there was the second thing is that I used to do Copenhagen like it was going out of style. Put it between my cheek and my gum and I just... You know, use something to spit in. Let me tell you this this story that's kind of funny, I think. Uh, my nephew, he was about 10 years old at the time. And that was back in the days when I still wasn't saved and did spitting in Coke cans. Anyways, it was, I left one while I went to the bathroom sitting on the table next to the chair I was sitting in. Here comes Matt. After playing all hard and everything, and he was tired, he was thirsty, he was just... Wetting up a storm. He grabs that Coke can, takes a big <laughs> swig, and of course it all came back up. I mean, every single bit of it plus some, because he threw up big time. But I'm saying is, to me, that was a funny thing to happen, but I didn't expect it was to Matt. But, but I think that taught him a lesson. And when he's around me, you don't just grab a can and start a swigging. You make sure that it is not a spit bottle, can or bottle for me. Anyways, that was back in the day, like I said. That was before Christ. 
but here I am today. And he gave me victory over that as well. And then, so he took me away my potty mouth. He took away my desire to do Copenhagen. He, he took away my desire for pornography. Now, does that mean I don't have occasions where lust comes against me? No, I do. Every man alive at one point in time, even if he's a Christian, is the, the sin of lust is going to come against you. The devil's going to use it to the best advantage he can to try to get you to fall, whether it's through looking at pornography stuff, whether it's through uh, going to watch X-rated movies, whether it's going to a bookstore and buying pornographic material or books to read, whatever the case may be, he's going to use that one hook that he has for most every single human male alive. And he's going to try and drag you away with it. But you know what? He delivered me from that. When that urge comes, when that temptation arises and hits me, I say, devil, you're a liar. I don't have to give in to you anymore. I'm delivered, praise God. That means that I can keep a clean mind. That's what I was up here doing as well. I was praying for it before service. I was praying for a clean mind and a clean heart. You know, we have to stay unspotted from this world if we expect to make it to heaven our home. And so I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that with the Holy Spirit's help and power and alive and well inside of you and allowing the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God to change you inside and out, because one of the things that we talk, we would have talked about this, this evening if I had gone ahead with the other one was one of the ordinances of the church is water baptism. And, and you know what that is? It's actually an a outward expression of an inner change. In other words, you're letting the world know that you're changing sides. You're going from darkness to light. And that's your decision. And that's what I'm saying is, is that we need to understand tonight, folks, that we can no longer allow the devil's darkness to overtake us and to control us. We have to allow the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth and the spirit of life, and the spirit of light, we need to allow him access into our minds and our hearts and to change us into who he wants us to be. Then there's that last verse. It says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Whenever you're feeling down or tempted or whatever the case may be, maybe you're feeling depressed, maybe you're feeling discouraged, Maybe you're feeling defeated. Maybe you're feeling like you just can't win no matter what you try to do. Let me tell you, that's when the Lord comes to you and he begins to minister to you. Just like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. It talks about how the, the devil came to him after just after his baptism. Just after he had gotten water baptized, he goes into the wilderness as the Spirit leads him to do. And then the devil comes and attacks him three different times. Each time Jesus returns his temptation with a scripture from the word of God. And then he says at the very end, after the third temptation, he says, depart from me, you worker, uh, depart from me, Satan. And he, he does, because he can't stay where the power of God is present. So he leaves the, Jesus alone. But then it says this. It says, and the angels came and ministered to him. 
The Spirit will do the same thing for you and me. They'll, the angels will come, and, and Jesus himself will come, and the Holy Spirit will come and minister to us and re-strengthen us. Because when you're in a battle against demonic forces of hell, you're going to exert a certain amount of power in your life, and it's going to weaken you to a certain extent. And when it does, you've got to get back with the Word of God. You've got to get back with praying to God. You've got to get back to asking God to re-power you, if necessary, if that's how you want to look at it, to re-power you, to re-strengthen you, to, to give you back what the devil had taken away through that time of temptation. So I, I'm just here tonight to tell you folks that it's a good news to me that I've got the Holy Spirit living inside me. Amen. He's, he's going to get me through any trial or tribulation or temptation or whatever the case might be. He's going to bring me out the other side. But I've got to obey him. We talked about obedience this morning. That's how you're going to walk in victory over your enemies is by keeping the word of God. And, and by allowing the Holy Spirit to change you and your circumstance. You, you pray the one time, and you thank, and then you begin to thank God that it's done. So I encourage us to, to take to heart that advice tonight, so that whenever we come against the devil and his demons of darkness, we have the upper hand because of who Christ is, not because of who we are. And he, the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Let's take that to heart. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have spoken through your servant tonight. God, you took us a different direction, but I believe it ministered well. I believe, Father God, that the hearing ears have heard this tonight with a desire to obey what we've heard. We thank you, Father God, that we will walk in obedience to you so that our lives would be under your hand of blessing and not your curse. We thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit will guide and direct our steps and that we'll move ahead and become more like Christ as we obey your word and keep your commandments. And we also do so by showing you how much we love you, by keeping your commandments. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Appreciate y'all being here tonight. We love you. God bless you. Pastor Laura, would you dismiss us in prayer tonight? Father, God, we thank you for this time that you Amen. We love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You can consider yourself dismissed.